this week, guys, we're going to be in week four of our 10 Habits series. And if you've been around any of the previous weeks, you know that we're doing a series on this idea of spiritual disciplines. Disciplines are habits that we need to have as a part of our life to help us grow in our relationship with God, help us take further steps, help us be closer to Jesus. These things that we make a regular part of who we are. And I hope that you've been following along in the guide and engaging with that and that you've seen real difference in your relationship with Jesus over the past few weeks. We spent the first few weeks of the series talking about scripture and how important the Bible is as a foundation for each one of these things. And last week and this week, looking at the idea of prayer. But before we get really deep in all of it, I'm going to ask my friend Anthony to come up on stage. And I, I do this because... Anthony and I are in a fantasy football league together, and um, up until this past week, uh, over on like our side of the league, I was in first place, which is kind of a big deal for me because I don't really know much about fantasy football, but I was pretty proud of that, and it was kind of a big deal, and Anthony was in second place, and so of course last week, we were matched up together, which was like this big moment, and so I think I've got like what happened in the game. I'm the Space Cats. So it says a lot about who I am right there. Um, So I had one of the best weeks of fantasy football that I have ever had last week. I mean, my points were good. My players did a great job. Like I was super proud of what happened, but guess what? I still lost, which was a big deal. And so what I've come to know about my friend Anthony is that Anthony is pretty knowledgeable about these things. Like he knows what he's doing and The reason that I lost is because he knows what he's doing and I don't know what I'm doing. And so I thought it might be helpful for me. I don't know if it's helpful for you, but it might be helpful for me if I invited him on stage and let him give a little insight into what I did wrong last week and what I can do to do better so that maybe I can knock you out of second place and take over first again. Or whatever. Yeah. So, um, so. Anthony, if you could just like talk to me, show me like what, and I know that thing is awful. I don't want to stop there. Yes, so just lay it out. So you guys wouldn't believe how bad it was. Like I was doing so well and just expecting that everything was going to go my way. And he just came in and completely destroyed me. It was a real mess, but... So I'm really looking forward to today getting into this idea of listening. Wait a second. Okay. Hey, man. I just realized I'm not paying attention. You're right. That's why I lost. See, this is what we do, guys. We do this with people in our lives where we come to them and we're like, hey, here's, here's what's going on. Like, um, I've got all this stuff happening and they come to us and they're like, listen to what's going on in my life. And we talk to them and, and sometimes we'll act like, thank you, buddy. Sometimes we'll act like we're listening, but we have a really bad habit of not, not listening at all, not paying attention. And I think this becomes especially clear when we're talking not just about people, but about our relationship with God. That we bring our stuff to God and we say, God, I really need some help. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. Can you take this situation? Can you fix it? Can you make this better? And we lay all this stuff down. And right at the moment when we should stop and listen to what God has to say, what do we do? We walk away and we do something else. We move on to the next thing and we never take the time to stop and hear 
God's answer to our situation. And we do this so often. We expect God, I don't know, to listen maybe in the circumstances of our life and to listen through his word as we spend time in it. And, and, and we should. And God does speak to us through his word in real ways. And so if you're spending time in God's word on a consistent basis, he's talking to you. He wants you to know his truth of who he is and what you need to do. And it's going to help give you direction. But when it comes to our prayer time with God, what usually happens is we sit down with God and we rattle off every single thing that's on our list. And we say amen and we get up and walk away and we never take the time to stop and listen to what God has to say. And so our question this morning that I'm sure a lot of you are feeling because this idea in prayer is a real thing. You're probably thinking, I don't do that because I don't honestly know that if I sit, after I've laid my stuff down at God's feet, if I sit there and listen, is God actually going to speak? Am I actually going to hear his voice? Am I going to know the answers that I need to know to fix or to go down the path that I need to be going down? Is that going to happen in that scenario? I think we see a great example of this uh, in the life of Jesus. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 26. If you guys have your Bibles or you've got your Bible app, you can open up Matthew chapter 26. And in this story, know this, just as context. So Jesus is getting ready very soon um, to be headed to the cross. He He knows what's coming. He knows what God has called him to do, and he's walking forward in obedience to that. But but looking down and seeing that coming and seeing that happening, Scripture tells us that Jesus becomes sorrowful, that he becomes troubled, that he becomes anxious about this thing, which any of us could imagine would happen in this situation. And then what we see of Jesus in this moment, what he does is he stops and he spends time with God in prayer. He knows that there is a time coming in just a few hours when he's going to be arrested, when he's going to be taken captive and everything is going to fall in place for him to head to the cross. And Jesus takes those last moments and he prays. Let's look at it. Matthew chapter 26. We're going to look starting in verse 36. It says, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And then taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And so Jesus is staring all of this down and he brings these guys along with him. And they're going to a place called the Mount of Olives. And it's it's literally an olive garden, not the kind where they have all you can eat breadsticks, but the place where they grow olives and they press them and make olive oil and all this different kind of stuff. And so they're heading to this garden, the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus takes all of his disciples and then he asks the main group, he's like, you guys just kind of stop and hang out here. I'm going to go on a little further and pray. And then he takes his inner circle, Peter, James, and John, and they move in deeper into the garden and spend time there praying. And that's what Jesus asked them to do. But what scripture tells us about him is that he's sorrowful and he's troubled. He knows what's coming. He knows what the Father is calling him to do, and he knows that it's going to happen. And verse 38 even tells us that this is the kind of sorrow that leads to death, that there's such a heavy sorrow and such a heavy anxiety that literally it's the kind that's so big that it could kill. And in this moment, Jesus needs his friends more than ever to be 
with him. And he asks them that. He says, come, guard with me. And it's not just that he wants them there to guard, but he wants them to participate with him in what's happening. I'm not sure if you've ever been to the point in your life where you have felt that kind of anxiety leading to the point of death. But I can believe that all of us have had these great moments of anxiety, these great moments of trouble and sorrow in our lives where we feel weighed down and we don't know what to do. Maybe we wake up in the middle of the night and and we can't go back to sleep just because we're wearing all of this anxiety about whatever might be coming. We live in a culture where this is just rampant. And every time a study is done, we see that anxiety in our country is just on a rise and it's growing and growing and growing where we have all of us moments where we're consumed by anxiety because our culture is full of bad news, right? All you have to do is open up an app on your phone or turn the TV on or go to social media and you will see that the world is full of bad news. And then you add that bad news on top of everything else that you're struggling with at work and with your family. And it gets hard. It gets hard to bear all of it. And like Jesus coming to his father in prayer at one of his hardest moments, we need to be people who come to God with the worry, with the stress, with the anxiety and everything in our lives. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says this. He says, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is inviting him, inviting us to bring the stuff of our lives and to lay it down at his feet. Psalm 55:22 says, cast your burden on the Lord. He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. God is offering to us the strength, the courage, the grace, and everything that we need to persevere through the mess. But sometimes it's hard for us to bring that stuff to him. But he wants it. He wants every bit of it. See, God cares about every situation. He cares about the stuff that keeps you up at night. He cares about each intimate thing that causes you stress. And he wants you to bring it to him. He wants you to lay it at his feet, fight the noise, and then listen to what he has to say. So we need to listen because we worry. But then number two, we need to listen for his will. Let's look at verse 39. It says, And going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed, saying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus goes on a little farther and he leaves Peter, James, and John. And His posture here is so important. Note this. That Jesus comes to this place of prayer when all of this stuff is happening and he gets down, scripture says, he falls on his face before God. Now imagine this, this is the son of God. This is the son of God who lived a perfect and a sinless life and he's coming before his father and he's laying himself down prostrate. Scripture says that through him, everything that was made was made. And Jesus in this moment, who he came to this place and he laid his face down in the very soil that he himself created and he cries out to his father, Daddy, Daddy. Imagine if that's your kids coming to you so broken, so anxious, so fearful. They've been through so much to the point where they're laying down with their faces on the ground in front of you. How would we respond to that? 
And that's where Jesus is with his father. And he finishes up this prayer saying, God, but not my will, but yours. What you want is more important than what I want. What you want matters more than what I want. And Jesus, yes, is begging for what he wants from God. He's saying, if there's any way that I don't have to do this, if there's any way that it can happen another way, if there's any way we can do this, that would be really great. But then he says, not what I want, but what you want. He's begging for what he wants, but not at the cost of what God wants. About nine years ago, I was kind of struggling in life with what was next for me. I'd been in a student ministry position for a while and trying to figure out what God had for me in the future because I just felt a little unsettled and felt like there was something else that that God was calling me to. And so I've been praying about it, but I knew that it was a time where I, I needed to carve out some good time and go and spend time with God and hear from God. And so I went to one of my favorite places in the world, Cypress Gardens. Um, and it's not open right now, but I hope that when it opens, I, look, I can't wait to take my kids there. If you guys have never been there, it's just this incredibly beautiful place, and I'm looking forward to taking my kids out on a boat into the swamp with the alligators. It's just this awesome place, but I, I mean, I will protect them, obviously, but it's this really beautiful place, and I, I went that day out there, and there's a bunch of trails, and one of them leads back to this beautiful field, and in the middle of the field, there's this white gazebo, And so I went out there and went to this gazebo and it was quiet and I just spent time laying it all before God, praying to God, putting it all at his feet, saying, God, I I don't know what to do with this, but here it is. I don't know how to handle this, but here it is. It's yours. I pray that you take it. And I really got to the point where my words started to run out because I was there for a long time. I I didn't know what else to say. And so I, I really was getting to the point where I was about to get up and leave and it started raining. And I don't mean like just a little bit of rain, but I mean like a downpour, like drench. And I'd walked for like 15 minutes to get back to where I was. And so I'm like, that's a 15 minute walk through this rain if I go back. And so I just decided to stay. And I sat there in this gazebo. I was dry. Nobody else was coming out there because it was raining. And I spent literally three hours while it poured down raining, just listening to God. And it was beautiful. I saw his creation all around me saw how beautiful the things that God does are. I heard the rain come down, giving life to each one of those things. And it was in that moment, in those moments that God spoke to me clearly. And I knew it was him. And that was a day that God kind of confirmed to me a call that, hey, you need to be involved in church planning. You need to take some next steps and figure out what that meant. And obviously that's a decision that had a huge impact on my life. And I don't know if it would have been that clear for me, if I hadn't taken the time just to sit and listen to what God wanted to say to me. And I don't know for you, maybe what you're here this morning, I don't know what's on your heart. I don't know what you need to hear from God. I don't know what you need to beg God about. It might be an issue with a relationship or a job or a promotion that you want or what's coming up next in life. But God wants us to bring that stuff and lay it at his feet. And say, God, this is what I want. This is what I would desire. This is where I want to go. But ultimately, not what I want, but what you want is what matters the most. So we can bring this stuff to God and allow God to change our heart and make our heart look like his heart. But how do we do that? What does that look like? How do we listen to God in this way and tell and find the answers that he's giving us and the direction that he wants us to go? I think there's a few ways we can do that, a few ways we can listen. Number one, We listen to God's word. 
I mentioned this earlier, but God speaks to us through his word, right? As we spend time in God's word on a daily basis, and especially like we, we're pushing people to use the, the SOAP, a method of journaling through scripture. And one of the questions that we ask there is, God, how does this apply to my life? How does it make a difference for my life? And I found God speak more in that question than probably anywhere else in my life through his word. God gives us direction through his word. And then when we feel like God is speaking to us, we can use his word as a test for that to say, if God's word supports it, then it's likely that it's probably God speaking. But if God's word goes against it, then we know that's probably my wants and my desires and it's not what God is wanting for me. So listen to God's word. Number two, listen to godly people. Find people in your life who are close to God, who have close relationships with him that are walking with him and bring the stuff to them and say, hey, here's my situation. What do you think? People are able to look in at the situation of of your lives without bias, without seeing the things that you see. They can see the forest. You're seeing the trees. They're able to have a different perspective. And if they're close to God, it's likely that they're going to give you a godly answer and help you. And then number three, listen to God's voice. God may not speak to you audibly, probably won't, but God is going to speak to you in some way. He wants to reveal himself to you. And one of those things by themselves aren't good listening tools, but if we do all three of those and God speaks through those, then we can likely tell that this is God's voice. So we listen because we worry. We listen for his will. Number three, listen because you're weary. Let's look look at verse 40. Jesus came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, for the second time, he goes away and he prays, Father, if this can't pass until I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and he found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Sleep, take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So we see these three times where Jesus goes off by himself, and he's praying praying to the Father. And we see the prayers that he prays are very similar, and they're short. They're like one or two sentences. But what we know about this is when he comes back to the disciples the first time, he's like, hey, could you guys not even watch with me for one hour? Now, I think that's interesting. We have really long prayers of Jesus recorded in scripture. You can look at a place like John 17 and see that happen. But here, the prayer that we have that's recorded of Jesus is like two sentences long. But Jesus says that he was gone for over an hour. And I have to believe that Jesus is at a point where he's, so anxious and he's so sorrowful and he's so troubled that he comes to his father. He casts down his cares on him, short, concise, and then he just sits and he listens to what God wants for him, what God has to say to what he has requested in this scenario. And so Jesus does this. He he goes back, wakes up the disciples. He goes back again and he prays. He comes back, wakes the disciples, goes back again. We see this cycle happening. I don't think I have to point to the disciples to tell you that sometimes we get weak, right? Sometimes the flesh is weak. Sometimes we get weary. Sometimes things weigh down on us. And the disciples are proof of this. When Jesus wants them to be praying with him, they fall asleep because they're too weary. 
The flesh is weak, right? Even, even if our spirits want to, sometimes we can't do it. And Jesus is calling his disciples, guys, even though you're weak, even though you're weary, you need to come to the Father. You need to lay the stuff at his feet. Life is hard, right? Even if we're not physically exhausted, a lot of times we're emotionally there. We're emotionally exhausted. We can't handle anything else. We can't take on anything else. Listen, I used to be a morning person. I used to be someone who could wake up early and take my day on, and I had lots of energy, and I was ready to go. And then we got kids, and I'm not a morning person anymore. Uh, I struggle at 5.45 a.m. getting myself up out of bed and pulling myself together every day so that then I can go wake the kids up and start that process with them like We are people who are tired and who are exhausted. And a lot of you are probably here this morning and you're so weary and you're so exhausted that as you look to your week that's ahead or your month that's ahead, you're you're saying, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know where I'm going to find the strength to make it happen. In Isaiah 40, 28 through 29, it says, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. God wants you to bring your weariness, your exhaustion to him, and he wants to trade it for power and strength. He wants to give you what you need. You just have to come to him Lay it before his feet, stop and listen so that he can speak and give you what you need. So how do we do this? How do we listen to God? What are the steps? What's the process? I'm a step guy. I like to check things off. I like to check boxes, right? So how do we do it? Number one, block out time. You've got to block out time in your life. You've got to block out time on your calendar to make this happen. If you can't do that, it's going to be really difficult, right? So I want to challenge you even today to take, today, take two minutes so that you can look at your calendar and find somewhere in your week where you can take at least an hour to sit and listen to God, where you can take at least an hour to sit and listen to God. I know that's a big request because I know how busy our lives are, but find some time today and put it on your calendar so that you don't forget it. Schedule it, make an important part of your week. Number two, block out noise. Block out noise. Whenever your time is, block out all the noise of life from that moment. Turn the TV off. Turn the Wi-Fi off. Put your phone away. You probably need to do it after your kids are in bed or before they wake up at some point so that you have this moment where you are free from noise and can just set everything aside and hear from God. Number three, start in Scripture. It's hard sometimes to know where to start. And I think your daily quiet time is a great place for that. So start in scripture. Allow God to speak to you through a passage of scripture, working through the 10 habits guide. Allow him to speak to you and give you direction. As the spirit speaks to you there and you're able to listen and hear there, it opens up a door for you that if you leave the time and create the time for God to continue speaking to your heart, then he will. He will speak to your heart in a continual way. Number four, this is hard for us. Talk less. Talk less. I'm not saying don't talk at all, but talk less. Cast your cares upon God and then sit and listen. Don't take up the whole time with you talking. Allow God to speak. Number five, focus on him. 
this is a tricky piece, right? Because it's a little, how do we do that? How do I allow my focus to be on him? How do I keep my life pointed in his direction through all of this? Maybe if you're outside like I was at Cypress Gardens and you can focus on God's creation and, and see the works that God does to sustain his creation and, and, and make it beautiful and realize that he has the same care for your life and wants to do that. Or maybe you need to turn some worship music on and it'll keep your mind focused and framed in the right way as you hear the truth of who God is pouring over you in those moments. What, whatever you need to do, find a way to focus on him. I mean, if the point of these spiritual disciplines is to get to know God more, to have your relationship with him grow, then this is one of the best ways because listening is the best way to get to know someone to begin with. Look at John 10, 27. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. There's this direct correlation between hearing and knowing that if we hear someone, we know them. The more that we hear them, the more that we know them. I would venture to say that the person that you have listened to most in your life is probably the person that you know the best. And imagine if we took the time to listen to God, to hear him speak as it pertains to us, how well we would know him in a real and in a meaningful way. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5, I love this. It says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and you raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. We can't be passive in this. We have to incline our hearts. We have to raise our ears. We have to listen actively to what God wants to say to us so that we can grow in relationship with him. So I know what you're thinking. I just gave you the magic formula. You've got five steps. Just walk down, check off the boxes, and guess what? God will magically speak and give you all of the answers that you need for every situation that you are facing in your life, right? Maybe. Right? Some of you have done it before. And sometimes God doesn't give us clear answers in the midst of things. I'm I'm encouraged and reminded by the passage that Chris actually mentioned up here from Exodus, the burning bush, where God saw his people in slavery and his heart was broken because he saw his people hurting. And so what God does is he comes to Moses and he does this in this bush that's burning and, and God is speaking through this bush. It's kind of like this crazy thing, right, that that we can't hardly even imagine happening. But it's really clear in this moment, like this is God speaking. Moses knows God is speaking to me through this bush. Like this is God and he is clearly speaking and he's clearly giving me direction. He's giving me a path to take. He's giving me something to do. He's giving me the answers that I want to have. But Moses is anxious and he's uncomfortable. He doesn't necessarily like the answers that God has given him. And so if you look in Exodus 3 at verses 11 and 12, it says this, but Moses said to God, God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And I love what God says back to him. It says, and he said, but I will be with you. But I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that I've sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. 
Even when Moses had all the answers, even when he knew everything and he knew where God was sending him and he knew it was going to happen, he's still anxious and he's still uncomfortable. The best answer that Moses got in that moment wasn't where God was sending him or what God was sending him to do. But the best answer that Moses got right then is the answer when God said, I will be with you. And sometimes for us with the mess that we walk through in life, the hardships that we experience and the difficulty and we come to God and we lay it all down in his feet and we say, God, take this. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know where to go. I don't know what decision to make. The best answer that God can give us isn't clear direction, but it's God saying to us, I will be with you because I love you, because I care for you, because I created you and what you do and who you are matters to me. Did Jesus get the answer that he wanted from God? No. But he got the presence of God. He spent that time with his father and he was encouraged because he knew that even though he had a hard road to walk, that his father was going to be with him. Because the best answer to our worry and our weariness and our trouble is the presence of God with us. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That when we bring our anxiety to God with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, and we make those requests known to God, the thing that we gain in those moments is God's peace and his presence, because it's so much bigger than anything that we have to walk through. See, guys, I would rather have the presence of God walking through fire than clear direction of which way to go to avoid it. Because God's presence is that much better. Maybe you've felt his presence before that way. Maybe you've experienced it through a time of prayer that you've had or maybe in a time of worship where you've just felt the presence of God and it's clear and and he puts something on your heart and you knew which direction to go and and give your life to. Maybe you're here this morning and and you say, I I haven't felt that. I haven't felt God directing me. I haven't felt God pushing me. I've never felt his presence. I don't have a relationship with him. Here's what I want you to know. God wants to know you. That God wants you to experience his presence. That God wants to break through the noise and the anxiety and the worry and the weariness and everything that is in your life. And he wants to give himself to you this morning. And all that you have to do is believe that God made a way for it to happen through Jesus. That through Jesus, God took your sin, which was separating you from God. And he's given you an offer to remove it and to have your relationship with God patched up and made new, where you can come into the presence of God and experience him in a real way. If that's you this morning, and you're walking through so much stuff that you don't even know how to deal with it, and you haven't ever been in a relationship with God, you've never experienced his presence before, in just a minute, I'll be in the back. And I hope that you'll take the time to come and talk, and we can pray, and we can see what we need to do to accept the grace of God for you where you can experience his presence in a real way. Usually we end our time together where we give to God, where we declare he is great. And we speak and we sing. But today I want us to do something different. Chris is going to come and 
He's going to play and he's going to sing. He's going to sing words reminding us of this truth. And I just want us to get alone with God and spend time listening instead of talking. So wherever you are, it could be in your seat. You may want to come down here to the altar like we sang earlier. Come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. He wants to know you. He wants to embrace you. He wants you to feel his presence. Maybe like Jesus in the garden that you want to fall on your face or kneel down and give everything that you've got to him so that you can hear from him and experience his presence and his peace. That's what God wants this morning. And so I want us to take the opportunity to give ourselves to God. Give the mess, give the worry, give the weariness, give the questions, lay it all down at his feet and say, God, speak. I'm here. I'm listening. I want to know you. I want to experience you in a real way. So we're going to take some time and do that this morning. Wherever you are, wherever you want to come, wherever gets you alone with God, I pray that you can do that and experience God in a real way and listen. Let's pray. God, we're thankful for the goodness of your grace. God, we certainly know that we are really good at talking and not great at listening. The fact is we have so much stuff going on in our lives that more than anything, we just need to be quiet and we need to hear from you because we don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't know how to handle these situations that are on our hearts. God, I pray that this morning, it's a time where we can come and cast all that stuff down and lay it down before your, your, your feet and say, God, this is the mess. And I need to know you. I need to hear from you. I need your presence with me as I walk through this. So God, come and be with us. God, allow us to experience your presence. And I pray that it transforms us and it allows us to be people who make it a habit to hear and listen to what you have to say. God, we look forward to you moving and speaking. God, come and do that in our hearts now. Christ, thank you.